Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Mustafa here with us today, who's a serial entrepreneur, author, business coach, founder of Frizio Inc., and creator of Simple Marketing Formula, the quarterly planning workshop, Simple Marketing Mastermind, Viral Coefficient Formula, Simple Time Management Formula. Mustafa has been coaching and consulting for the past 10 years, helping businesses in various niches and industries grow and scale and become more profitable. He's an avid skier, hiker, reader, and he loves to spend time with his family in his free time. Married to, how do you say your wife's name, Mustafa? Ziba. Ziba. His son's names are Ali and Sina. Is that right? Yep. Yep. His burning desire is to have harmony in life. Mustafa specializes in helping coaches, authors, and experts create and implement their one-page marketing plan in seven days or less. Mustafa, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We've gotten to be friends over the last month and a half, couple months, and you've told me before off-camera that you have a pretty incredible story of the last eight months of your life, and I was hoping you'd be willing to share it here for, for all to see. Sure thing. I would be happy to. Yeah, man, let's hear it. So where do I start? Uh, uh, back from September, from September up until January this year, I was under a lot of stress for two or three reasons. Uh, one, for my business. Two, was financially. And three, uh, one of my family members was under, was not feeling good. Let's just put it that way. And uh, that that was really hard on me. And there was a lot of undue pressure on me. There was so much pressure and stress that by December, early December, I started getting pain in my, in my fingers on my, in my left hand, left arm. And the pain, uh, didn't let me sleep. And so, um, what happened is I went to a doctor, we did an ultrasound and she said that you've developed a benign tumor in your left arm. And so that was a pretty big wake up and aha moment for me that I need to uh, be careful about what I'm doing because this could be, uh, what's, the, what's the opposite of a benign tumor? What's the bad tumor? Uh, malignant, malignant, I think. Malignant, yeah. I, it, this could be very well be a malignant tumor. And that really scared me. So this thing didn't let me sleep for like a good four or five months. Uh, went out and did the ultrasound and she's like, you gotta watch out and uh, take care and the rest of it. Meanwhile, I was dealing with family and business issues. And uh, what's the rest of the story? I, I tried different things. Like my doctor put me on some codeine three pills to get rid of the pain. And it was still not on some nights taking care of it. And what happened was I just kept taking the pills. Some, some nights I would take two of them. These pills would knock me out, but I would still have pain in my, in my arm. Mm. And, um, I usually also read about 20 or 30 books a year. Now, starting December to January, I could not read books anymore. Like my, my gut feeling, my brain goes, we're not reading anymore. We're done. Hmm. It's not going to read anymore. And then 
So I started taking the pills. Now I, I, I do fasting quite a bit. I fast a lot. Like I fast two or th two days a week, Monday and Friday. I fast, like I do water fasting and stuff. So I noticed when I was fasting, I wouldn't have pain in my arm, but when I eat, uh, it would get painful in a matter of 10 to 30 minutes. And I read somewhere that sugar is the food for cancer cells or all these tumors. So I was like, oh, that's probably what's going on. So I started fasting extensively, like seven days a week, almost. I'm like, so I went to doctors, we did an ultrasound and they're like, yep, it, the tumor is there. We got to schedule you for a, for a operation to take this thing out. And then apparently it has developed on my nerve. Mm. And she's like, the doctor was like, if you do this operation or do this surgery, there is a chance that it might hurt your uh, nerve. And I'm like, I'm going to do everything in my power to avoid a surgery. So I'm like, I'm just going to fast it out. And so when I started fasting, I did ex some extensive three or four day water fasting back to back. And that got rid of the pain. And in the process, I lost about 12 kilos, which I didn't have a lot to lose to begin with, but my body is back to what it was when I was 18, mm. basically. Anyway, so this fasting process for me was, uh, what I call it as, I categorize it as a taming process. Like just to be able to put food aside and stay the course for three or four days, not eat and just drink water. And it was kind of tough. Some, 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 some points I would, my body, my arms and my legs would start shivering and I had a hard time sleeping, but I just went through with it. So that was a pretty taming process for me. Like, I think it got rid of some of my, I'd say bad behaviors. So what was it about? Cause I know you said you, you felt when you, the difference between when you'd fast on Monday and Friday and when you wouldn't the pain, but to go from twice a week, one day each to doing, I'm, it sounds like three consecutive days. Yeah. What was it that made you believe that that was going to produce a result or was it more of, that you didn't want to take the chance for the surgery. So since you were seeing some sort of progress there, you thought, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go all in on this thing and see if it works. So I've done some extensive research and reading on fasting and a lot of cancer patients fast for like 40 to 60 days to get rid of um, the cancer cells because cancer cells live on sugar basically. So once you do that, you starve the cancer cells to death, basically, and that's how you get rid of it. So I knew that if I keep fasting, it's going to basically get rid of it at some point. Eventually, they're not going to get enough food. Yes, I'm going to lose some weight. And I lost weight to a point where people are starting saying, you're losing too much. What's going on? I'm like, this is what's happening. I just have to fast this out until this tumor thing is gone. So that's where that came from. Gotcha. Okay. And then I, it was it was like noticeable when I eat the pain goes right right back up. But then after I did these extend the 
three or four day fasting, like back to back, the pain has almost disappeared. Hmm. But then sometimes when I eat too much sugar, it's still not 100% gone. It just comes back in, that which, which is a warning sign. And um, another part of this story is that in January, when I was, so I was dealing my, my, with my brother and he wasn't feeling good and he, he, he flew back home, back home for me. I was born in, born in Tehran, Iran. I am Persian Canadian. So he, he went back home to the family and I thought, you know what, I am going to, he flew out on a Friday and I'm like, okay, I'll take the weekend off. And on Monday, I'll get back to work. And Monday came, I didn't feel like working. Tuesday came, I did not feel like working. Next Monday, next Monday, like a few weeks went by and I'm like, I'm in no mood to work. Mm. Then I decided to surrender and sit back and just give myself uh, time and room to heal. What was your work habits like before that? Like work like crazy, like a madman? Like how many hours a week, how many days a week? I would work from 6, 7 a.m. to probably 6, 7 p.m. 12 hours a day, five days a week, six days a week, seven days yeah. a week? Because I, I love what I do and I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah. I just keep going. And I've been doing that for like three or four years. And then back then I was like, you know what? I haven't given myself room to heal. And mm. so I would, I would pick up my book. I would read two or three pages and then I wouldn't continue. And I usually like don't put a book down if I like it. So what happened was I decided to just let go, sit back and surrender and let my myself heal basically mm. and uh so i did i basically stopped working i was doing this fasting thing and i would just manage the bare minimum on my business like get on the phone or do the meetings i wouldn't book a lot of meetings i would sleep in till like two in the afternoon i just i just let go and so and i noticed that i'm enjoying the process and i'm like so and I learned this process probably 10 or 12 years ago from some guru that was teaching it. Uh, can I share that process? Yeah, please. Absolutely. Okay. So it says, if you're not feeling good, there is a three or four step process to let that feeling of hurt or frustration or anxiety or depression or whatnot to let it go. Step one, acknowledge how you're feeling. Acknowledge that you're hurt or you're tired or you're depressed or whatever that is. Step number two, acknowledge and understand your uh, avoiding mechanism. And so each person has a different type of avoiding mechanism that we all do. Some people drink, some people smoke, some people watch movies, some people talk, some people go shopping, some people go fishing, some people different different things that people do so you got to know and understand what is it that you do to avoid how you feel bad mm. now for me sometimes i go out in the mountains sometimes i read sometimes i drink and you know do different things so and then the next step is know and understand what your avoiding mechanism is avoid the avoiding mechanism stay in that feeling and let it take its course 
It may take a day, it may take two days, three weeks, one month, two months, however long it is, just stay there and let it be. Hmm. And connect with how you're feeling and understand why you're feeling that way so you can get to the bottom of it. So I did that. I let myself be, I was at home, I wasn't going anywhere. And um, then what happened was Corona came. COVID-19 hit the world. And they're like, nobody's working. Everybody's staying home. And business is done. And I'm like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> You've been training for it. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'll just continue doing what I've been doing. This is working amazing. So as soon as they're like, nobody's working. Business is done. I'm like, awesome. I'm just going to keep sleeping in and doing my thing. <laughs> and so I think about a month or two or three weeks after that, it was a Thursday afternoon. I signed up a new client and that was the moment when my brain goes, all right, we're done with this. We're going to move forward. Hmm. So on that call, I told my new client that I'm going to run simple marketing formula starting on Monday. This was a Thursday afternoon. And on Monday I started simple marketing formula with like 18 or 20 people in there. So that was the story. Yeah. That's incredible. So you literally went from working 12 plus hours a day, five to seven days a week, no time off except to sleep, to getting a tumor that you can physically feel is inhibiting your movement. There's a high risk that the removal of it could cause permanent damage. You had tinkered in fasting you know, semi-regular practitioner of it, much more so than most people, to going to this other extreme of it, believing that it will, to then letting go of, you know, going from really 12 hours, five to seven days a week of working to sleeping in till two, to, you know, not working, to then COVID comes around and you realize that you've been training for staying at home, to all of a sudden you wake up one day and you realize, okay, it's go time again. Yeah. And so right after that Thursday, I've been working 16 to 18 hours a day since. Mm. And we have developed the most comprehensive planning and implementation program in the market in the past three months. I'm curious, Mustafa, as you're working now with these long hours again, are you feeling stress or anxiety like you were beforehand? Absolutely not. Hmm. And if, if I didn't take those two months off, there is no way I could have pulled off what I pulled off in the past three months. No way. Why is that, do you think? Because like, where'd the stress go? Like, how is it that you're working, go all of a sudden from that lackadaisical to now you're fully immersed at a massive level? How, and then there's no stress, no, no problems with the hand, no problems with your arm, no pain. I think that did, did the month and a half, two months of sitting back and surrendering and let myself heal took care of a major portion of that. Mm. It's like acknowledging to myself that yes, I need to take time for myself and acknowledge myself and acknowledge what has happened to me uh, and, and, and then the healing process. And fast fasting is pretty healing too. I don't know how much you have looked into fasting, but it's a whole world into itself. Yeah. I try to do it Monday through 
Monday through Wednesday, Monday through Thursday, and do intermittent. So where it's eating, all my eating's condensed into eight hours and then 16 hours fast. Yeah, I do that almost every day. Mm-hmm. I skip breakfast every day and then just do lunch and dinner. Yeah, I, I, I love my breakfast, so I'll usually skip dinner. <laughs> and I, well, I get up super early, so I get up at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And to go to the gym early, and then so I'm, I'm ready to eat. But I on the weekends, usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll let myself kind of have more regular schedule just because I, 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 I love food so much that it's uh, – and I love my snacks. But I do, you know, Monday through Wednesday, Monday through Thursday – I try to get three days in of it. So, <clears throat> so what's been your experience on that? You know, I actually really like it. At first I was super skeptical because I, I learned how to eat basically through bodybuilding and bodybuilding was eating six to eight meals every two to three hours, you know, shoving calories down. And the idea of not having food in front of me, you know, in waking up and eating and going to bed eating. I remember when I was, when I first started working out, I weighed 165 pounds. The heaviest I got with working out was 242, 245. And then I usually stay around 220 something. So I remember though, to gain that weight, I would literally sometimes wake up in the middle of the night to drink weight gainer shakes. But that was what I was taught with bodybuilding and to unlearn that and to go into something different. But you know, it was really interesting is I found that I did feel a little clearer. I felt like my sleep was better at night. I felt like I hated going to bed with a heavy stomach and then you know, waking up and you have your heart racing or whatever it is because your body's trying to metabolize stuff down. And I felt like too, it did, it reduced some inflammation in my body. It, it, I do feel like it's a healthier, a healthier routine for me. And I feel like I'm a little bit more energized and clear headed from it too. Yeah. Yeah. I think the number one killer of inflammation in, in the body is fasting. Yeah. And there's got, there's like a books and books of benefits for, for the body. Uh, I basically watched a couple of documentaries on fasting and benefits of fasting. And uh, I was blown away. Like they are curing some uncurable diseases with fasting, including cancer and Alzheimer's and a whole bunch of other stuff that it's amazing when you when you stop eating and um, what the body does that's a whole conversation for another day but yeah and you know man though it it makes sense because i was fully a skeptic at first with it because it's thinking oh you're starving yourself or whatever right that's because that's coming from that bodybuilder reading men's fitness reading muscle and fitness magazine but then when you actually start to just think of it practicality right if somebody smokes all the time or somebody eats junk food all the time, you stop smoking and your skin ends up improving, your your health improves, your lung tissues, or you stop eating sugar all the time, maybe your teeth get better, whatever, the, there's instant byproducts, right? And it would make sense then that if food is feeding and fueling the bad stuff growing inside of us, that if we stop feeding and fueling that, eventually that which we don't want to feed would cease to exist. It would wither, die, submit, whatever whatever that is. You know, I'm not a I'm not a scientist nor nutritionist, and I don't play one on TV, so I won't claim that I understand or know everything. But what I will say is, from talking to people like you, conversations I've had, my own personal experience, it does seem to have some validity to it, especially with and I 
and I've heard conversations of people who really dial into it. They swear by it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so when we eat junk food or we, when we smoke, some of those poisonous material in the body, they never exit the body other than by fasting. Uh, even some poisonous chemicals in the body that are created as a result of anxiety and stress and the rest of it, some of it never exits the body. And it's, it's like into different layers of the body. And those don't leave and exit the body. The only way to get it out is by fasting. Hmm. They're, like, they're like dead cells especially in our, in our brain and in our skull that they accumulate around our, um, our uh, brain. Those don't leave the body and the brain other than by fasting, by this process called autophagy. And so it is fascinating what the body can. So the, just, when I started reading and researching into fasting, I, I learned about what the body is capable of doing in terms of healing itself. I was fascinated by that process. Mm. I'm curious now, contrasting your 12 hours a day, five to seven days a week with the amount you're putting in now, do you feel like you have more energy and you're clearer focus, you're more clarity now than you were before? Absolutely. And so it's almost like, man, like listening to you, there's like this multi-layer of fasting where it's not just the physical fasting of the food, but it, you, you actually took a fast from work too, in many ways. Yes, I did. Right? And just the craziness of life beforehand. And, and I know from talking with you this last you know, month, month and a half, that your business is, is really starting to like explode too. Yeah, that's true. Was there a mindset shift for you with that, Mustafa, from letting go of that identity, that behavior you had before to, you know, how did you get to the point of surrender and trusting and that was what you needed? Was it more of like you felt you had to because of your health or was it something that you innately felt guided by? Because I can imagine for, for a lot of people like, it's hard, and I'll speak from personal experience, it's hard to turn things off. It's hard when, I think especially in the entrepreneurial world, we are so hardwired to grind it out and push harder, and we have these metrics between us, right? Well, hey, dude, I see you up at 10 p.m. I, I was up at 11 p.m. Oh, you work six days, I work seven days, right? So was it making that shift for you, was it a struggle to make that shift, or was it more of just situational surrender? Talk to us about that. So when I first decided to let go, my brain, and you heard that the brain goes, oh my God, I got to do this. Oh my God, I got to do that because I've got all these things that I got to take care of. Mm. And what if I don't show up to this meeting? What if I don't do this marketing piece? What if I don't update my website? What if I don't email my list? What if I don't follow through with my process promises and the rest of it? And then when I let go, I sat down and I remember a few days where I was like, well, what if I don't update my website? Hmm. What if I'm not on Facebook creating a video? Yeah, people are not going to hear from me. Big deal. Right? And when I stopped, I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's do this and see what happens. And what happened was nothing really bad happened. Hmm. Except that I gave myself some room and space. Now, back in December, I talked to a lady, I forgot her name, 
she was a psychologist from California. She introduced me to the idea of tapping. Have you, are you familiar with tapping? Yeah. So there's this guy on YouTube. His name is Brad Yates. He has a whole bunch of tapping videos about different, different situations. And like what I'm looking at right now is as uh, tapping uh, about anxiety. And he has a different bunch of different videos about different things. Being hurt, uh, self-love about five minutes. Now, I went through a whole bunch of these tapping videos where it's like a guided tapping session where he taps on the skull and then he does here and the checks here and then he like, he has a process. Anyway, now, one of the th these things was about um, an injury of some sort. And I remember one of the things that he mentioned in there that it said that I understand some, somewhere along the lines of, I understand that I'm, and I'm hurt. And I understand that being hurt is probably serving in a, me in a way or two. Hmm. And that really resonated with me. And I'm like, this little benign tumor that I've got here is probably serving me in a way or two. And all this sleep that I'm losing is serving me in a way or two. I don't know what it is and how it is. Wow but it is doing it. So it may be a wake up call for me. The body is going, the way you're going is probably not working the best right now. And I'm going to give you this stop, this mechanism to just, just change you, like do a fundamental change in the way you do things. So this has, the, I, I believe now that this little tumor that showed up has served me more than it hurt me, I guess. Dude, that's incredible. How powerful is it to think, to ask that question and to, to have that conversation with the pain and, and assume that it's there for service as opposed to as punishment, which most right. of us take that pain and we use it as our, our kind of our get out of jail free card for why, why I can justify this not happening, this not happening, life being not fulfilling, unhappy, miserable, or whatever it is, but instead considering it as something there to serve and benefit of and then having that discussion of what could that possibly be absolutely absolutely i i think i learned from that to embrace pain hmm. and to listen to my body language which I, I i heard and read somewhere years ago is like your when your body is talking listen to your body language it's trying to say something something is not working something is not aligned with my goals and with what I want in life and who I am and the rest of it. So Mustafa, I know you have a tight turnaround, so I, I want to make sure we touch on business really quick. Talk to us about the one page marketing plan in seven days or less. I feel like that is such a powerful thing for entrepreneurs because uh, you, you and I know a, a three minute scroll on Facebook is going to tell you, show you 15 different ads from 15 different gurus that are all going to promise seven figures by the end of the weekend following the simple formula with the three secret trip, three secret tips and tricks that nobody else knows and are rarely talked about and hardly ever mentioned. Right. <laughs> and so it, it's gotten to the point where it's, we've all seen them so many times that it's, it's almost comical. And, and then you end up going in and you find out it's much more complex than that. But the seven days and I think one page in seven days or less talk to us about that because that seems like such a, simplistic, easy to follow and manageable tool that would be so powerful for whether it's a solopreneur or a company to have. 
I appreciate it. And, th and thanks for asking. So what I specialize in is I help coaches, consultants, and experts create and implement their one-page marketing plan in seven days or less. And we do that through our course, Simple Marketing Forms of Bootcamp, which is actually a six-day live interactive bootcamp where we work together with a group of entrepreneurs and, and business owners who are committed and serious about growing scaling their business. <clears throat> now, a problem that I've been seeing and encountering uh, working with business owners over the past 10 years is that I see a lot of business owners that are poking around at different marketing and business ideas without an overall goal or aim or direction or plan. And what happens is that, is that results in a lack of results, anxiety, frustration, depression, and overall failure rate is pretty high through that process because they don't know what they want. They don't know where they're going and they don't have a plan to get there. And it's pretty hard to get something that you don't know what it is. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. So um, through this course, we get together two and a half, three hours a day from Monday to Saturday, work in a group environment because we believe in community and simplicity. We work together with our group. We do a lot of breakout sessions and mastermind sessions on top of what we teach. And then we try to keep our uh, marketing and business growth simple on a one-page plan. And at the end of the day, we try to figure out what is our goal? Who is our target market? What do we specialize in? What is our offer? What does the new market want from us? Because th things have a lot changed a lot in the past three months. Yeah. And then what are we doing to generate leads, convert them, and keep our customers? And so... What is one thing I've got to do to generate leads? Because I know a lot of people that are trying 12 different things and what happens is none of them, none of them are working. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's what we do. That's, that's us. That's awesome. And you were saying that you were able to fill your you, Thursday, you signed up your new client. You told me you're going to offer the course on Monday and you filled it with 20 people in just four yeah. days. Three days. Three days. Three days. Something yeah, like Friday, that. Friday, Saturday, something like that. But going yeah. from completely absent, and I, I just want people to really understand this because for many of us who struggle to take that break, to surrender to process, even though we can feel the tug on us to take some time, you took that time and were able to come back from that time and in three days fill a course and you've been going nonstop, super busy, lots of people coming in and you have been serving in a massive way entrepreneurs, business professionals, and helping them get their marketing stuff squared away and really evolving and catapulting their businesses forward with that. That's right. All from surrendering and trusting in a process and letting go. That's right. Dude. And if I didn't, if I didn't take that time off, there was no way I would have been where I am right now. Just no way. Cause I would, I would have continued to be frustrated and hurt and depressed and, and all that. And yeah. So, I mean, really, Mustafa, I guess this would be a great last question. If you had have taken that time off and if you would have continued to be depressed and stressed and frustrated and hurt, where do you think it would take, where do you think it would have taken you or led you to? I would have probably continued to be the same state and my business wouldn't have changed at all. It would have just kept, kept, kept being the same daily struggle of getting up in the morning. What am I going to do? And then get tired. I feel, I feel like I was in a hamster wheel. Because hmm. at some point we, we, we get so used to this daily routine that is not really going anywhere. Because what, what, once we, I, I feel like when I took time back, time to, I took time to sit back and relax and let myself heal, 
I was looking at the picture. I had, I had a, a, watch my, a chance to see my picture and see what's going on. All right. I got back and I'm like, all right, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm usually up six or seven in the morning. I think I'm going to sleep in today and see what mm. that's going to feel like. I had nights when I was like up till like seven or eight in the morning. And then I slept in at eight o'clock. Wow. And, the, and it felt wrong at the time, but I'm like, well, if the body wants that, I'm going to give it to it. And then I did that, the, the, the screwed up sleeping pattern. And then after a few days, my, my brain goes, we're done with that. We're going to go back to the regular sleep. Huh. And you just trusted in that process. I, I just trusted my gut feeling in that. Wow. Like the gut was like, we're not going to read a book anymore. Here's another thing that came up. My gut feeling was that I, re I have read a lot of books in the past 10, 15 years. One of the things that was coming up is like, I am done reading new stuff and learning new stuff. I need to put the pieces together and make something out of what I know already. That was the, that was the thought that was coming up. And I'm like, okay, I'll give myself enough time to heal and make something out of what I already know, which then in the past three months I came up with, with I think, well, I, and I could be biased, with the most comprehensive planning and implementation program. So, and again, if I didn't do that, I probably wouldn't have been able to do this. Masafa, one last question, and I know you gotta go. I'm really curious, in trusting your gut, had you had that feeling or did you, did you have kind of a knowing in the back of your mind that your gut was trying to pull you, your body was trying to tell you to take a break, to, to listen, and you were just shoving it down and ignoring it? Oh yeah, for a while. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. For, from last summer, it's like, I need to take some time off. I probably need to go take a vacation. And what I, what I would do is I would drive to Banff here in our backyard go spend a day in, in, in the mountains and do some barbecuing, which was that avoiding mechanism. I did not let myself heal. It's like, yeah, I had a one, one afternoon, we sat by fire, we made some barbecue, we had a few laughs and jokes about it, came back, get back to the grind, but I didn't fully, here's the thing, I think giving ourselves permission to do that, to sit back, to heal, and give ourselves the permission to, and it's that fear, fear of losing. What if I don't do my marketing, right? Mm. What if I don't show up to that meeting? What if I don't book five meetings this week? What's going to happen? And I'm like, all right, let's let go, let it go and see what happens. And then nothing happened. And I healed. <laughs> Everyone, this is one you're going to want to rewatch and really, really listen closely to. I think what Mustafa really laid out here is a journey that all of us have found ourselves knowing that we need to undertake at some point in time. And yet we will often negate that sense of knowing that gut feeling that pull as trying to tell us to do something. And instead we will drown it out with the voices of, well, what about this? What if that, what if that? And the, the, rational irrationality that if we don't, no one will and the world will end and everything will go to hell in a handbasket if we actually stop. What I think is so incredible about the story he shared with us today is, is the notion of it wasn't so much he needed to learn something new, it was he needed to implement all that he had. And it sounds like that what he already had at his disposal was not only the formula to make his business wildly successful, but the formula to heal and take care of his health and not only 
get rid of the tumor, but to get rid of the stress and anxiety that plagued him and held him back for so long. His life is more energetic, more successful, more fulfilling, more meaningful because he was willing to listen to that gut. And one of the things that I would really encourage all of you to do today is what is that voice? What is that feeling you've been ignoring? What has that gut feeling been telling you? Maybe it's, to, maybe it's to wind down. Maybe it's take some rest. Maybe it's take some time. Maybe it's to rethink things. Or maybe it's just to shut it off and go out into nature and do something different. You know, Mustafa's story is so incredible in that he finally allowed himself to listen and trust. And in listening and trusting, he was able to surrender, let go, and embrace a new way of being that has led him to a place where I think he's, he's doing pretty well right now. And he's uh, not only that, but I love the energy he puts out. And you can tell. One of the things I love about people when they tell stories is the congruency check. You know, there's a congruency that people have when you can tell they're living what they're saying. And I can sense and feel that congruency from Mustafa today. Mustafa, thank you so much for sharing, man. I know you got to jump off. This has been absolutely incredible. I so appreciate you, your story, your journey, and your wisdom that you shared with us today. Thank you. I I really appreciate it. Can I add one more quick point before we go? Absolutely, man, please. I did not have this congruency that you talked about before this healing process. I mm -hmm. did not have it. I kid you not. I was like, and I'm like, what, what changed? And people are like, all of a sudden people are like, I love your energy. I'm like, really? Anyway, mm. I know we've talked about it for a while. I really appreciate it. I, 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 I have some emotions coming up as we were finishing up. I feel like we could talk. I love chatting with you. I really appreciate have, being here and allowing me to share my message. And I look forward to staying in touch. Likewise, man. I appreciate you you adding that in. I think that just was like the, the cherry on the Sunday, so to speak, that, you know, I, there's, there's a fine line of what we can BS ourselves and where we can BS others. But what a freeing thing it is to not have to live that lie anymore. Absolutely. All right, everyone, we'll see you next time on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to them.